Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eyes of the Minds. My name is John. Ian is probably, right now, somewhere in the Mediterranean, so he's off the internet. He's off the grid for the time being, but in the meantime, I am very delighted to have uh, Magic the Gathering content creator, YouTuber, and member of the 10 Street Hooligans, uh, Pixie Kitten, on the podcast to replace Ian for at least this week. How's it going, Pixie Kitten? Hi, it's going great. Thank you for asking me to be on. It is my pleasure. Um, so before, like I said, Ian is still on his honeymoon. He might be back next week. We will see how that goes. Um, and then the only other thing that I want to do before we kind of jump in a little bit is we had last week the Commander 2019 decks. They all got revealed. They were very exciting uh, kind of for from a Commander focus. And I wanted to talk about uh, our Eyes of the Mice preview cards and then uh, Pixie Kitten, if there are any cards that you were interested in and wanted to talk about. I know. Yeah. Did, so I went over to your house this weekend. Yeah. Was that the first game of Commander you ever played? Yes, that was the first game of Commander I ever played. So first game of Commander out of the way. What yep. are your impressions on the format? Um. Well, if I'm going to be completely honest, it was exactly what I expected. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. And I just... I didn't play well, and it was okay, though, because I still had a good time. I just, there, there is so much knowledge that you need to have to, like, understand, you know, pretty much every card in the game that could ever be put in a commander deck. So I feel really behind in that regard. But you know what? It, it's, it was still a good time. It was fun. I got destroyed, but that's okay. I'm totally <laughs> fine with it. All right. Um, that, is the, that is the ultimate joy of Commander is that it can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Which is, which is great. So um, we're going to briefly talk about, like I said, our Eyes and the Mice preview cards. The first one I want to talk about is one. This is its uh, f- like first or second reprinting since its original printing back in Legions. It is Nantuko Vigilante. It is a three and a green insect druid mutant, which is a one hell of a type line. It is a 3-2. It has morph. Uh, so you can pay three generic mana, play it face down as a 2-2 with no name, no creature type, no nothing. And then for one and a green, you can turn it face up at any time you want. And uh, when Nantuka Vigilante is turned face up, you destroy target artifact or enchantment. So just have a naturalize on layaway with your uh, with your 2-2 that can randomly turn into a 3-2. Nice. Yep. Um... The other two cards are, uh, I know, you're not your favorite. They're both blue cards. Yeah. So. Nope. <laughs> Don't like them. Uh, yeah, well, the first one is a little bit, it it, it, it makes it makes me feel a little bit better because it is a very aggressive blue card. That is Stratus Dancer. It is one in a blue for a 2-1 Jin Monk at with flying. And it's got Megamorph for one in a blue. So instead of just flipping, when you pay, you pay three mana, face down 2-2, two, two, one in the blue, turn it face up. It gets bigger. It gets a plus, a plus one counter. Okay, that's cool. And when Stratus Dancers turn face up, you counter target instant or sorcery spell. That's nice. Um, I like the ability to, you're pretty much using a blue card to play against another blue card. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with a blue creature. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, Stratus Dancer is also very good at against blue decks, not just in blue decks. Yes. Because it's just like, you're going to counter my spell. Surprise. Yeah. There's only like, a handful of cards that can actually counter a Stratus Dancer effect. Mm. Um, 
the other card, uh, the other one of our preview cards was Keru Spell Snatcher. It is three and a blue for a three three Naga Wizard. It's just a hill giant, but it's got morph, and its morph cost is four blue blue. And normally, when the morph costs are really really high, that usually means something really silly is going on. <laughs> and with Keru Spell Snatcher, when it's turned face up, you not only counter target spell. But if that spell is countered this way, you exile it instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard, and then you may cast that card without paying its mana cost for as long as it remains exiled. It's the ultimate just yoink. Yeah, that now that's a creature, that's a blue creature I'm not okay with, because that <laughs> is evil, and I don't know. I don't like that. Yeah. Paying, I mean, casting anything without paying its mana cost, not cool. No. I mean, so one of the most... Um, most egregious cards some people think in commander is cyclonic rift it's a one of the blue instant you return target non-land permanent you don't control to its owner's hand but it's got overload and overload is this mechanic where instead of you pay an overload cost in which case for cyclonic rift it's six in a blue instead of one in a blue and you change every instance of target to each so instead of just a you know two mana dispersal pick you know make someone pick up a non-land permanent Instead, it is pick up all your non-land permanents. And since it's each of your oh. opponents in a multiplayer game, it's just like all of your stuff goes back to your hand, but I keep all my stuff. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Carry Spell Snatcher doesn't let you overload it because you can't do an alternate cost when you're already not paying the mana cost. It's oh. The rules are weird in some cases, but it's just like that's one of the cards that gets a lot of uh, commander players up in arms. People have been asking for it to be banned for quite a while. Okay, what's that one called again? So I can remember if I ever see it that I just need to run away. <laughs> it is Cyclonic Rift. Okay, gotcha. I'm writing it down. Yeah. Yep, I hate it. Yep. <laughs> yep, that is usually everyone's first experience with it too. Um, there's actually <laughs> another card that's very similar to it that was banned in that, – that is banned in Commander. Um, it is called Upheaval. Okay. It is four blue blue for a sorcery. Uh, and it says return all permanents to their owner's hands. <gasps> oh no. So this includes lands. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> That's not uh, good. No, it's Bandit Commander for obvious reasons. Mm. Um, and in it's very popular in some cubes, especially cubes with, with uh, artifact mana, mm-hmm. like Signets or Talismans yeah. or anything like that. Because what you do, or even like just like Mana Dorks, like Lana or Elf, is you just make a bunch of mana, you cast an upheaval, then you cast all your other stuff and you say go to your opponent and then they get to play one land and maybe uh, cast one spell and then discard all the rest of their cards. Mm-mm. That's not nice. Yeah. That is not nice. There's a reason why upheaval is not in my cube. Yeah. Um, Didn't I play something against you that, that you had to return everything? Oh, what was it? It was, um, you did play of the game. Yes, that was exciting. Yeah, play of the game is one of the... Sweet battle bond cards with the assist mechanic. Uh, you didn't need any help on this one, although I didn't. <laughs> my uh, help was says, available, but I didn't need it. Yeah, it's uh, exile all non-land permanents, which is a very nice reset button yes. for uh, for commander. It was. It kept that, me alive for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, I was playing my um, Kalemni deck. Kalemni is um, disciple of Erois. She is a three or two red and a white for a three three giant soldier. Uh, she has double strike and vigilance. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever you cast a creature spell with converted mana cost five or greater, you get an experience counter, and she gets plus one plus one for each experience counter you have. She is the 
less broken of the experienced counter commanders. Mm. But even then, she can still pack a really big punch. Yeah. If necessary. She was impressive. Yeah. Um, so we had talked a little bit about the fact that you were really interested in the Black Red deck. Yes. Uh, with Angie Falconrath. Yes. Um, so for those who don't know, Angie Falconrath is one red black for a 1-3 legendary creature vampire. She's got haste. I'm already on board. Yep. She says tap, discard a card, colon, draw a card. I'm also okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, whenever you discard a card, if it has madness, you untap her. So if you have, if you, there's a good, I think there's like 20 some odd madness cards in the deck. You discard a madness card, you untap her, you get to discard another card, draw another card. If it has madness, you can do it all over again. She can really kind of machine gun through your deck if you manage to get a couple of madness cards going. Yeah. I really like the madness mechanic and I just think it sounds like a lot of fun. I I can't wait to get this deck and play it. Yeah. Um, so I guess with that kind of as our seed, let's go ahead and, um, talk a little bit about you because everyone's story and how they get into magic is always so different. So what was it that led you to playing magic? Okay. So I started, um, I started listening to a magic podcast pretty much randomly. I... So I, had, I come from a video game background, and I used to play a lot of World of Warcraft, and I stopped playing that, um, I, I stopped investing so much time into it, and I wanted, you know, I kind of needed something to fill the void in my heart that World of Warcraft left me, and I started listening to Magic the Amateuring, which is now Good Luck High Five, the podcast, um... And I just, I really, I really enjoyed listening to Megan and Maria and they're just a lot of fun and they're silly and they have a good time. And I just thought, I want to play that game too. So I bought a, um, what, I bought a, I bought some kind of box, a deck builder's toolkit or something like that. And I just mm. started playing at home and I, I, I didn't know how to play. I didn't really understand the rules, but that was it, and here we are now. And I don't really play all that much now, but now I make a bunch of content about magic. Well, when you're making content, you're usually playing magic, so that usually yes. kind of makes up for it on some level. Yeah. Um. So it sounds like your first step into magic was with the the actual physical paper cards. Mm-hmm. Um. But a lot of your content is on Magic Arena, mm-hmm. which I think has been a, a huge boon for magic in general. Um, but do you have one style that you prefer over the other? Uh, you mean like arena versus like paper? Like arena versus paper. I like playing paper magic better. Um. Okay. I really do. Like, I like the convenience of arena, um, but it's kind of also just like too convenient. And so it's just like you play the games real fast and you play against somebody that you don't see and you don't know and you don't care about and so just whatever and it's i i kind i really like playing paper magic and thinking about your deck i feel like it's a lot easier to build a deck on arena i'll just throw a bunch of random stuff together or whatever i mean not that it's good but whatever but with paper it's kind of like you take you take a little bit more time you build your deck and then you play it against someone and it's it's a more personal experience, and 
I am not an extrovert or like this big people person. So even for me to say like, I like the gathering part of magic more, it's like, I really do like it better. I like playing paper better than playing arena for sure. I completely understand that. For me, it's also a little bit of the same. I'm a little naturally introverted as well. And uh, Magic was, uh, when I got into Magic in 2013, it was my excuse to get out of the house Mm -hmm. um, so that I wouldn't just stay at home all day doing homework or reading (laughs) books or whatever. Yeah. Um, So with that kind of, you know, in our mindset, one of the things that, you know, you're you're a content creator, you make YouTube content. Mm -hmm. What led you to make the jump into making YouTube videos? Um, I really, I really don't know. I just, I, I felt like I needed a creative outlet. And for some reason I was like, I guess I'll just start making videos about this. And I really started making a booster pack opening videos just, you know, as, as a fun, silly hobby. Um, and I didn't, you know, I don't expect to get anything out of it. I just wanted to put something out there to just sort of get some creativity out there for myself. And it kind of evolved into me making these like, you know, like comedy sketches. And I just, I really love it now. I I really love my content. It's not like I'm, it's huge or it's gone crazy or anything like that, but I really love what I do. I think my videos are so funny and I realize I'm completely biased, but I I just, I don't know. I love it. I think it's hilarious. Well, I always say, you know, if you can't make yourself laugh, then I don't know (laughs) about, you know, sharing it. So it's good that you enjoy your videos. Um, So... Obviously, there you have two you have two different styles of videos because you post your videos of you playing arena. Mm-hmm. You have your you have your comedy videos, mm-hmm. and you also stream whenever you play arena. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your favorite gameplay video you've made? My favorite gameplay video, um, whether it was a stream or a pre-record. Okay, so okay, I've got a couple. So, um, not last week, but the week before. I was sponsored by Wizards all week, and so I I streamed a lot of Arena because I was giving away booster codes and that sort of thing. And on that Friday, I streamed for several hours. It was my birthday, so I made a big deal out of my big birthday stream. And I played um, I played a ranked draft with uh, M20, and mm-hmm. I went 7-0 and in my draft. And I was just like... I don't understand how this is happening. I I'm not I'm not very good and I'm not I'm not trying to be modest. Like I'm really not. I just, you know, and I'm okay with that. But I was just like, how? How is how am I winning? I didn't even build a good deck. It was it was just super bizarre, but I was so happy and excited. It was it was crazy. So that was that was one time that I really loved it. And then um and then I played this other I have this other video where I played Arena against my husband and, oh my gosh, I can't even remember what deck he played against me, but the video, I named the video something about like, this game made me rage or something. And he played this really mean deck against me and I'm pretty sure it was like a Demir deck um, or possibly Esper, something super evil and awful. And it it just made me really upset. like. 
I'm pretty sure he like just destroyed everything I ever had and everything I'd ever loved and it was awful. But it's it's funny to go back and watch because he just he takes away like I I don't I don't think there was land destroying stuff, but he ends up taking away like everything I have and it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, I remember um back when I first got into magic, um I got a little bit into standard, not a whole ton, but a little bit into standard. And I was playing these aggressive decks. I was playing these, you know, play creatures, turn them sideways, mm-hmm. you know, get at the opponent really quick. But that was also uh, during Theros, which was the oh. uh, the Greece-inspired set. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the best decks at the time was a blue-white control deck uh, featuring Supreme Verdict, which is one blue-white-white for a sorcery, destroy all creatures, and the spell can't be countered. Oh, no. Which... Doesn't usually come up too often when you're playing a control deck, but it does. But the the real one that was the uh, the big issue was Sphinx's Revelation. It is X white blue blue for an instant. You gain X life and you draw X cards. It was so miserable. Oh no. Uh, um. The worst part was back in so the M15 Pro Tour now Mythic Championship was won by Yvonne Flock. Um, with a blue with blue white control decks fe- featuring um, featuring things of revelation supreme verdict all that fun stuff mm-hmm. except for the fact mm-hmm. that um, the the real uh, issue with the with the deck is that he didn't play any win conditions in his main deck. Oh no! His win condition <laughs> his win condition was elixir of immortality, which is two. It's a one mana artifact. You can pay two and tap it. Colon, you gain five life, shuffle Elixir of Immortality, and your graveyard into their owner's library. So all he would do is just cast counter spells, kill spells, draw cards, eventually find his Elixir, and then, you know, Mm-mm. win the game that way. Um, so you just win the game by milling your opponent out? Yes, the hard way. Not the, oh. not the fast way where it's like, you know, mill five cards, mill ten cards. It's just... You just, you just them let them play every card they have. Yes, that's awful. Now I will. It is very bad. Now I will say that because magic rounds are timed, you only have fifty minutes to win a match. Oh. Uh, sometimes, if he lost game one, he has he'd have to go to a sideboard strategy, and this is where the really funny part of the deck wa- is because he won his pro tour with Nyx Fleece Ram, oh. which is a one and a white O five enchantment creature sheep. Oh. Um, that says at the beginning of your upkeep, you gain one life. Oh my! And as <laughs> it's very, very beautiful art, and as yeah. a uh, as some as an aggro player trying to kill an O five is really hard. Yeah. Um, but the reason why he won with sheep was because of Archangel of Thune, which is three white white for a three four creature angel. It has flying and lifelink, and whenever you gain life, put a plus plus counter on each creature you control. Oh. So he assembled both of those mm-hmm. and just like, gain a life, put a bunch of counters on. Gain a life, put a bunch of counters on, oh, attack okay. for like eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how he won his uh, PT finals, was with that combination of Archangel Thune plus Nyx Fleece Ram. Wow, that's really painful though, honestly. It is. Ugh. Um. It just shows, again, shows the depth of Magic, because, like, Magic, Sanders in a pretty good spot right now, depending on your opinion on uh, Scape Shift and Vampires <laughs> and, um, like, Esper Hero mm-hmm. and Feather, but for the most part, you know, it's it's not as bad as back then, or, yeah. like, the Mono Black Devotion deck that was playing Turn 1 Thoughtseize, Turn 2, whatever. It was, that was a wild time. 
I really so, like Standard right now. I think I think it's pretty good. It's fun. I haven't played a whole ton of Standard in a while, but I do kind of love kind of watching how the metagame kind of is changing right now. Yeah. But I, I know you just did a video about rotation. Yeah. I know I'm ready for rotation. Um, just because I'm I'm ready for Ixalan and Dominaria to go away. No, but Ixalan <laughs> has all the vampires. Yes, and they're having their heyday right and now. I thanks love to it. <laughs> thanks to Soren and Knight of the Ebon Hand or Knight of the Ebon Legion. Yes, and uh, to be fair, I'm most excited for Nexus of Fate to leave. But yeah, Nexus of Fate is not fun. Not fun. But Soren and all of the beautiful vampires that are just assembled right now, it's just wonderful. It's great. I love it. Uh, so is it, sa- is it safe to say that vampires are your favorite tribe? Absolutely. Yes, hands down. All right. So what's your favorite part about vampires then? Um, I guess. So, I mean, I know this is going to be super basic, but I really like lifelink. And I really like Death Touch. And vampires pretty much have both of those things. So um, that's seen, kind of my appeal. Have you seen the card Vampire Nighthawk? No, I don't think so. Oh. So Vampire Nighthawk is used to be a very, very good card in Standard. They're probably not going to reprint it ever in Standard. Oh. It's just one black black for a 2-3 flying Death Touch lifelink. <gasps> oh, wow. That is good. <laughs> that is really yeah, good. Yeah, it is. It's very, very good. It's very annoying at times. Um, Ooh. But that's just what it's just like. I don't know how much better it can get. It's it's so good. Um, they actually made a. Um, let me spell the name of the of the creature correctly. Um, they actually made a card in Kaladesh uh, called Gifted Etherborn, which is just black, black for a two three death touch lifelink without flying. Mm-hmm. Now. They are also a vampire, but they're all th- they're also an Aetherborn. Everyone is just calling, you know, trying to m- like figure out the best way to make a play on words for Vampire Nighthawk with Gifted Aetherborn. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the I've seen the Gifted Aetherborn before. I might even have some of that paper card. Yeah. But yeah, I I I've always I've always liked it though. I'm like, ooh, this this fella looks cool. But a but a flying as well. I love that. I want I, yeah. I need that to come back. Now, I will say that in Kaladesh, they did print Aerial Responder, which is one white, white for a flying Vigilance lifelink, mm. and everyone called it, like, Vampire Lighthawk. Oh, that was, okay. Yeah. That was fun. Yes. So, I actually, like, when I started playing, the the the, bo- the Deck Builders Toolkit that I had was had a bunch of Kaladesh cards in it. So, I've, mm. I've actually played with these cards, and Aerial, Aerial Responder is, like, one of my favorites. It's not a vampire, but it's pretty good. <laughs> No, we're still waiting on that dwarf tribe to really start getting a little bit more support. Um, that would be fun. It would be fun. Yeah. Um, currently, uh, on on the commander side of things, we have Dapala, I think, is the best. Well, no, I don't think she's the best legendary dwarf, unfortunately. Um, she's definitely uh, up there. But I think the next best one is... Um, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, sorry, looking it up. <laughs> Typing in the things. Oh, uh, Balthor. Oh. Oh, it's either Balthor or Sram, one of the two. Um, Balthor, the, the one I'm thinking of, Balthor the Defile, he's two black black for a 2 2 zombie dwarf legend. Um, Ooh. Minions get plus one plus one. That's a, that's a creature type you don't see very often. Oh. 
then you can pay black, 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 and exile him to have each player return all black and all red creature cards from their graveyard to the battlefield. Ooh, wow. Yep. He is very good at one thing and one thing alone, and that is <laughs> reanimating all the things. There you go. Yep. All right. So we talked again a little bit about the gameplay side of things. What's your What's your favorite non-gameplay video that you've ever made? Um, My favorite non-gameplay video... Um, like I said before, I really like a lot of my videos, which sounds really bad, but I, I think they're funny. Um, my favorite, my favorite video that I've ever made is probably, uh, one I made that is called, um, everybody's, everyone's favorite content, Magic the Gathering content creator. And I'm not even in the video. But I have, so I got um, the professor from Tellarian Community College to help me out with this one. And I got a bunch of people, I took a bunch of like screen captures from different videos where people talked about me or shared my content or they were, they were on a podcast or something and they, you know, gave me a shout out for my content. And, um, and then I had the professor talking about me too. And everyone was just saying like, oh, we love Pixiekin's content. She's just so funny. And the professor would would say things like, oh, she's this um, up and coming star. And like nobody, like I cut it, I, I edited it so that nobody was actually saying my name. And so it was just like assumed that everyone was talking about me. And then so like it gets towards the end. The video is not super long. I think it's like three minutes long. It gets towards the end and the professor's like talking about me and saying, oh, she's just so great. I don't know why she wasn't invited to the Mythic Championship. She does all this commentary for Star City Games now. And then there's like this hard, there's like this hard, like, you know, like record scratching. And it's like, wait a second, what? And he's like, oh, I thought we were talking about Emma Handy. And he was like, who's Pixie Kitten? And... It's it's just really funny because I I put a lot of work into it editing wise and I don't like editing so mm-hmm. it was it was kind of like I put all this work into it and it turned out really great and I really liked it and so that's kind of that one right there is my favorite one gotcha. and I'm really proud of it. That's good. Yeah. Um, so we're recording on Tuesday, but normally your Tuesday nights are with a different group of fun magic content folks yeah. which are the 10 street hooligans mm-hmm. but y'all doing your things wednesday night day of re- day of release of this podcast so who who are the uh, 10 street hooligans so the 10 street hooligans um it is a live podcast that i am on and we go live on youtube every tuesday night at eight thirty eastern it is on the youtube channel they said we said which is run by John Dunning. He does uh, magic videos. He does some deck tags, and then he does a bunch of like movie reviews and stuff too. He he kind of he kind of does several different things. Um, and then there's a couple of other guys on there. Um, Johnny Slivers is another one, and then Zuby with Magic with Zuby, Coach from the Card Bazaar, and it's just it's just this super fun group of guys and me. And we pretty much just, I mean, we just joke about everything the whole time. 
make fun of each other, um, drink some alcohol, and talk about what's going on in magic. So um, it's Wait. it's a good time. We we have fun. Which, as we we mentioned, there is always a lot going on in magic. Yes, there's whether we like it or not. Always something. I mean, sometimes we'll be like. You know, a couple days before, we'll be like, oh, God, what are we going to talk about this week? And then the next day, some sort of drama will be, will happen, and we'll be like, oh, now we have something to talk about. It's the content creator's curse where it's like, we have nothing to talk about. Suddenly, we have everything to talk yes, about. Yes, there's too much. Yes. <laughs> All right. So um, moving on to a little bit more kind of easier questions to answer. Uh, what's your favorite color in Magic? Um, so my favorite color combination is black and white. So Orzov, I love to play Orzov. Um, I don't know why, but if I had to pick a single color, I would probably pick white as my favorite color. Okay. But I really like any combination of black, white, and red. Really. Mm. So no blue, and I don't really like green either that much. I don't know. I I just you you probably would have been a big fan um, during uh, Concertark here where they were doing the where they did the. Uh, where they did the clans, the the wedges, oh. because that was one of the big clans. That was one of their big focuses. And one of the first card we saw from the set um, was Zergo Helm Smasher, who he he does not joke around. He has two red, white, black Ooh. for a seven-two legendary orc warrior. Uh, he has haste. Mm-hmm. He attacks each combat if able. He has indestructible as long as it's your turn. Wow! And he and whenever a creature dealt damage by Zergo dies, put a plus plus a counter on Zergo. He is, uh... Yeah, I love that card. I love it. He's a... He is very, very He's angry. a 7-2. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, although, I think one of the one of the real cool ones that... It, it didn't see enough play in my mind. I'm, I'm really sad it didn't see as much play as it probably should have. Uh, but there was this card called Siege Rhino, which... Siege Rhino's annoying. Uh, <laughs> but it's called Butcher of the Horde. It's one red, white, black for a 5-4 demon with flying. Ooh. And you can sacrifice another creature, and it gains your choice of Vigilance, Lifelink, or Haste. Oh, nice. I really like mm-hmm. – I like, every demon I've ever seen, I'm like, oh, that is so cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you know that for a little bit in Magic's history, they stopped printing demons? No. Why? Yeah. So basically, um, I want to say it was – so basically, they stopped making demons – because it was during the period of time where everyone thought that magic, the Magic the Gathering was related to Satanism and oh, no. the, the literal devil. <laughs> so no one, so no one, they didn't make any demons. They just stopped making demons. Oh, no. And then the first demon they made after they were like, okay, we think it's calmed down is Grinning Demon, which is two black black for a 6-6 six, six rare demon from Onslaught. Oh my gosh. It, ha- it has morph. Um, you can pay three mana to play it face down, and you can flip it face up for two black black, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose two life. Oh. Um, this was one of the first demons they made afterward, because everything else, like, in between then, were just horrors. Oh. They just didn't want the word demon associated with, with magic. Oh my goodness, that is so funny. And that grinning demon looks terrifying. He does. He looks very gnarly. Yeah, that's um, that that grin there. That's way scarier than any of the other regular demons. I I want to say that one of uh, Aaron Campbell's favorite cards, uh, Icarid, I think was made during the same time. Yeah, Icarid was printed during Torment. Um, Icarid, for those who are unaware, 
is three is three and a black for a three one horror with haste. Uh, at the beginning of your uh, end step, you sacrifice it, and then at the beginning of your upkeep, if Icarid is in your graveyard, you can exile a black creature other than Icarid to put Icarid into play. Um, so he never dies; he just keeps coming back. That's nice. But he also looks pretty gnarly. Yeah, um, that's really gross and creepy. I don't. Ooh. Yeah. Um, no, I'll skip that topic. That's okay. So, <laughs> what is what is your favorite card if you have one? My favorite card? Oh, that's tough. Um, so, like right now, it's got to be Soren, Imperious Bloodlord. But I mean, I I really only play standard, so it would only be a card in standard. That is my favorite card. Right. Yeah, for those who may not be in the know, Soren Imperious Bloodlord is two and a black for a four loyalty Soren. Uh, he has a plus one target creature you control against death, touch, and life link until end of turn. And if it's a vampire, you put a plus plus a counter on it. You can also plus one him to sacrifice a vampire. And if you do, Soren deals three damage to any target and you gain three life. And then also you can minus three where you may put a vampire creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there, I mean, it's just such a good card. There are so many options, like every single ability like is good. I just, I love it. It's so good. Um, what's the scariest vampire you've put into play with a Soren? Uh, <laughs> um, the scariest vampire? Probably, I mean, what, like the Sanctum Seeker? Okay, yeah, Sanctum Seeker. Yeah, I really, 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 really like that one. That one is so good. Um... I also there's another one there's there's another new one that I really like the the aerialist I don't remember its full name the aerialist yeah it's um bloodthirsty aerialist yes I really love her yeah one black black for a vampire rogue and uncommon she's got flying and whenever you gain life put the puzzle puzzle counter on bloodthirsty aerialist yes and she combos really well with sanctum seeker yes that is that is true yes. that will definitely kill people dead yeah um, for those who may not remember the currently soon to be rotating sanctum seeker no. uh he is two black black for a three four a vampire knight Whenever a vampire you control attacks, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite plane? My favorite plane is... Um, so I'm not super familiar with a lot of planes because I haven't been playing that long. I've only been playing a little bit over a year. But mm-hmm. I really love Innistrad. And mm. I like the feel of it. I I like the whole sort of like Halloween, Sleepy Hollow feel. And um, I, I've i played with a bunch of Innistrad cards before, uh, but I would like to go there when it's new and fresh. So I think, I mean, I hope that they'll, they'll, that we'll go back at some point. And it's been several years. So I don't know, maybe someday. I'm pretty sure that Innistrad is on their short list of planes that they will constantly have to come back to because everyone loves Innistrad. Yes. Um, I was like you. I missed the first Innistrad back in uh, 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. And then when Shadows of Innistrad came around in 2015 or 2016, yeah, 2016, I was really excited to be able to experience it on my own for that first mm-hmm. time. And it's definitely lovely. Speaking of Innistrad, did you know that Sanctum Seeker is kind of a riff off of another card? No. 
It is a, it is a card after my heart. Uh, I never got a chance to play with it in Standard, but I really wish I had. It's a Hellrider. Ooh. It's two red-red for a 3-3 three, three Devil with haste. And whenever a creature you control attacks, Hellrider deals one damage to the player or planeswalker it's attacking. Ooh, nice. So uh, how Standard would work is you like you, you like play your one drop, you play your two drop, attack, you play your three drop, attack, you play your, you play Hellrider, attack, deal four to the opponent immediately, mm-hmm. and then and then they're hopefully down to like seven so they have to make some really tough decisions nice i love it i do i do love some mono red i don't really play it that often but whenever i do i'm like super happy yeah listen mono red is it's it's my it's my uh strategy du jour when it comes to standard (laughs) it's actually the the deck that i did the best with in a tournament um two of my friends and i went to the team the team rptq Mm. regional pro tour qualifier during 2018 during that summer and one of my friends the the friend who got the invite he played esper control oh no ew, ew, ew. Uh, my other friend he played uh greet he played selesnia midrange eh. so he was like playing like shalai mm. and talyra mm. it was great and then i played mono red and so as when it, in a team event like that a all our decks had to be unique we couldn't share any cards mm-hmm. which was which was difficult at times and also, you have to have two teammates win to win the round. So I would, I was in the C seat. My friend Doug was in the A seat. Vinny was in the B seat. We actually did a podcast about this many, many episodes ago. You're more than welcome. The listeners are more than welcome to go listen to that episode because I'm still really proud of it, of us going through our prep work and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played seven rounds, and uh, the team went four and three, which we really could have done better. Uh, but I did go seven and zero. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> I dropped two games all day. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, I think my favorite time was I was playing against the an Esper control opponent. Unfortunately, he like Mulligan to five, which wasn't in his best interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was attacking with my little buddy Bomat Courier, and I had like fourteen cards under my Bomat Courier. My, then he was like, he had two cards in hand. He casts a big, big dumb idiot to cast a draw spell from his graveyard. And I go in response, sacrifice my Bowman courier, put 14 cards in my hand, destroy your big dumb idiot. Wow. And he's like, but, and this is in, in the format was a card called disallow, which is one blue, blue, uh, instant counter target spell, uh, or act spell or ability, mm. um, or activated the triggered ability. Mm-hmm. And you could have disallowed the trigger and I would have been SOL. And he was like, but what would you, but why'd you do that? I could have had disallow. And I was just like, you don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't. And he did not have it. Nice. Um, so, Innistrad's your favorite plane. Kind of as a separate question, do you have a favorite set that you've played? Either from what it's done to standard or it's limited environment or anything like that? Um, so, I'm, I'm going to be real basic again. I started, like I started playing really hardcore at M19. And I really like that because it's, you know, a core set. So it's pretty simple and straightforward. And I have been excited about other sets since then, since that one. But I haven't really been like crazy about them once I've played them until M20. I really love M20. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm, even though I've been playing for over a year, I'm still, I still like it to just be pretty basic and straightforward and. I like the corsets. I just really do. Okay. 
there's nothing wrong with liking the corsets. I know that a lot of people look at them from a from a limited perspective as kind of the palate cleanser. You know, you look at Guilds of Ravnica, mm-hmm. you look at Ravnica mm-hmm. Legions, you look at War of the Spark with all this crazy stuff going on. It's always nice just to, you know, draft good, just solid, yeah, good decks. Yeah, just straightforward. Like, yep. Yeah. Um, that said, I know you were a bit, you said you were a big fan of Innistrad. Are you excited for Throne of Eldraine coming out in the fall? Yes. I'm super pumped. It looks like a really fun set. I can't wait until previews start coming out for that. I'm really excited about it. I think that was going to be really fun. And it is kind of reminiscent of the Innistrad cards, I feel like, with the whole like sort of creepy fairy tale thing going on. Yeah. I, I'm huge in on the theme of King Arthur's Court plus Grimm's Fairy Tales. Mm-hmm. I just want to draft a ginger man, gingerbread man deck. Is that too much <laughs> to ask? It might be, but we'll see. Give me baked good tribal Mark Rosewater. <laughs> that would be um, that would be hilarious. It, it would be great. Yeah. We'll, we'll really see what rises then. Yeah. Um, Her heart. So, so do you have a preference? Between playing limited, like draft or sealed, versus playing constructed, like standard or kitchen table? Yes, I like to play limited. And I do not really like sealed. I just like a regular old booster draft. I really enjoy playing that way. Um, I, I do like constructed, but I just, I don't know. I feel less pressure, like, with sealed, or not sealed, with, with a booster draft. I just... It just feels like, if, you know, if I don't do well, it's not really my fault because maybe I just got past really bad cards. But I really like so, booster draft, yeah. So I find that interesting because I know a lot of new players, especially, find draft very intimidating. Especially when you sit down for your first draft, it's always this weird experience of like, wait, I'm only going to get one of these cards and I'm going to get rid of the rest of these. I might never see them again. I know I didn't want to draft for the like the first time I heard about it because I'm like, but I opened these cards. These are my cards. Why would I hand them to someone else? <laughs> so yeah, it, so it, what is it about draft that you like so much? I don't know. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely scary, and I just feel like I don't know. I like being forced to make a fast decision. Like I don't like I can't second guess myself. I've got to pick up these cards, and I have like ten seconds to decide on one and just move on. I'm never going to see the rest of those cards again. <laughs> I, I, do, I don't like having, like, too many options. So okay. that's why I don't like sealed as much either. Because I feel like it's harder for me to narrow down stuff with sealed. Because I have, like, lots of cards. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I dislike any of the other formats. It, but, but my favorite is just a booster draft. And I don't know. I'm just being forced to make the quick decision. I just like it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like good at it or anything. I just feel like it's just more relaxed. I don't know why. So question on your streams or on any of your videos, have you ever done a stipulation draft? No, I haven't. I've seen other people do that, but I have not done it myself, but maybe I should. I think it would be fun. So um, one of the most famous stipulation drafts, because there's a lot of like cube stipulation drafts that they used to do for like the community cup where someone would be like, you have to pick the card that has the best disaster movie name, Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. which I really love. But I think the best one, um, and I'll try to see if I can dredge up the link to the video and share it and put it in the show notes as well, share it out, is the Loading Ready Run hat draft. Oh, This was back in Innistrad. They had to draft the cards with the best hat. (laughs) But what if a card didn't have a hat? 
Well, eventually you, you'll just run into cards that don't have hats and you'll have to pick a hatless card. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, you had to pick the the, pe- the card with the best hat okay. because Innistrad, Innistrad has a lot of really good hats. Oh, okay. I've never noticed that. <laughs> it's all tricorns and everything. Oh, it's it's great. Cool. Another one that I know is very popular is the um, the cute draft where you have to draft the cutest card. Oh, yeah. That sounds up my alley. <laughs> um, so... Just you know, little hint for maybe some future. Sure, I love that idea. All right, Um, so I think that kind of rounds out everything that we've got going on. Unless there's anything that you wanna you wanna let the listeners know. Um, no, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in that case, Pixiekin, first, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No problem. Um, I've really enjoyed this chat. If people want, if people interested and wanted to see more of your content. Uh, where can they do so? They can just search me up on YouTube. My channel is called Pixie Kitten Plays. And um, I just make a bunch of silly videos about Magic the Gathering. And you can check them all out. I'm also on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Twitter at PKP underscore magic. And I have an Instagram page. You can find me by searching Pixie Kitten Plays. Uh, I will put a link. I put a link in the show notes to both uh, her channel as well as the two videos you mentioned: the the game that made you rage and everyone's favorite content creator. So people can have direct links to those if they want to take a look at those. Um, for the eyes on the mice crew, if you want to get in touch with Ian, uh, good luck right now. I think he'll be back in the states sometime over the weekend. Um, but you can reach him on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. He's also on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash Dix. That's D-I-X. Um, I know he is interested in streaming more, but I know that his life, much like mine, sometimes gets a little busy and that kind of restricts things. If you want to reach, reach me on social media, you can do so at, J- at JWLA129. That's J-W-I-L-E-Y-129. You can also find me on Twitch at the same handle. Don't hesitate to say hi if you see me in a chat room. I was just noting over the weekend, uh, Magic Online was doing their – they were doing a poll of everyone's favorite draft formats. And the one that won was Constant Tarkir, which is my all-time favorite draft format. Mm-hmm. Um, so I may be making some videos. I don't know. No promises. <laughs> um, if you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so in one of two ways. You can hit us up on Twitter at Eyes in the Mize, Or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesinthemize at gmail.com. As always, we would love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for all of you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Pixie Kitten Plays and Ian, my name's John. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. <laughs>